The Angry Chicken Hearthstone podcast is produced by amove.tv. Check out Amove TV for more podcasts covering Blizzard games. For more of Jocelyn's gaming podcasts, visit jossplays.com. And to find many more podcasts with Ridiculous Hat, follow at Ridiculous Hat on Twitter. Every episode of Tack is made possible thanks to our legendary patrons over at patreon.com slash TAC. Time's up. Let's do this. You face Jaraxxus. You smell like a leopardome. I knew it. So hot. A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tack. I'm Garrett. He's ridiculous at. Jocelyn is still on vacation. And murder at Castle Nathria has descended upon our digital card game like a knife in the back of everybody's daddy. That was an aggressive intro. I'm not sure aggressive is the term I would use. Yeah. Well, and also... um, Violent... Thirsty. Yeah, both. It turns out also, if anyone has played any of this expansion, you know that the premise of the expansion is a little flawed because Denathria is actually murdering us. It's happening a lot. Mm. I haven't really seen him. Have you played against druids? No, I haven't seen a single (laughs) druid. Yeah, that's, that's who's doing that. Yeah, but you're good at the game and I'm in the in the, the the star dumpster, so we're probably not fighting the same opponents. My buddy Wicked Good was streaming on launch day, as he usually does, and I took a clip from his stream when his opponent brand a 43-hit pa- Denathrius. 43 was one of the activations. There were two of them. <laughs> it was lethal. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I just keep seeing skeletons. I keep seeing boards full. Of skeletons. And when I don't see a board full of skeletons, I see a very important skeleton that brings a bunch of skeletons to the party, fills the board with them, and then makes them go away. And then ouchies. He's more of a lich than a skeleton. Uh, There's a, he is primarily a skeleton with a robe. He's a fancy skeleton. Is the difference between a skeleton and a lich just the wardrobe? Yeah, there's also, I would also say, you know, Posture is important. Liches have okay. exceptionally good posture. All right. Exceptionally good. Listen, what I'm trying to say is dress for the job you want. Okay. I understand that. And I have to work on my posture first anyways. Also, I got to get yeah, one of those hey, phylactery posture things. Check. Everybody. Yeah. Everyone listening right now. I get it. You've been on that ladder. You've been playing imps in your warlock. You've been playing murlocs in your shaman. You've been playing skeletons in your mage. Maybe you're just hunched over yelling because you're trying to play priest and I'm farming you. One Maybe way or another, your rogue and you're just naturally over. hunched low for stealth. Mm. Oh, okay. You're just trying to be stealth. Is that why? Is that, is that, that's what I'm going to say from now on. That's what I'm going to tell my doctor. And so, <laughs> Listen, no, I gotta stay low, listen. Doc. It's it's for stealth. I'm trying to be, I'm trying 
to be inconspicuous here, Doc. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, yeah. Uh, your, your, your blood results came back. They tested positive for poison. Mm. As it should be. Check your posture, everybody listening right now, right now. We've all been hunched, hunched over playing Hearthstone. That's what's going on. We don't have a standing desk sponsor, but we should get one. This would be a good time to plug them right now. But you know who stands tall in our eyes, Garrett? You know who dresses for the job they want? Maybe. I don't know. You do what you want. Our lovely patrons supporting us over at patreon.com slash TAC. Yes, that is right. We have a Patreon. Did you know that is the best way to support the show? You should check it out over at patreon.com slash TAC. And we've got quite a few new patrons to thank this week. So thank you to T-Rex and a top hat. I feel like... I feel like Hat might be looking at you like either stay in your lane or welcome to the club party. Uh, no, no, a rising tide floats all hats. It's okay. Wouldn't a rising rack raise all hats? Or a rising hand tip all hats? I, we're a family show. I don't want to talk about rising racks. Jarrett Franklin, thank you for becoming a patron. Don Frogner, Donnie Barbados, Gary, and Jonathan Roberts. Thank you for the support, everybody. Gary, I'll see you in Pokemon. If you kept with the default. And, and also, like if name. it's 1998. It's a good year. It's a good year. I'll TRL was a banger it. that year. Okay, that's true. That's a true statement. <laughs> Shout out to Carson. <laughs> and Hearthstone is a banger right now. Let's talk about it. Good news, everyone. <laughs> oh, no. Andrew is out. Which means, of course, it's going to be a short show. We have nothing to talk about. I think that you were saying the opposite of what you mean for comedic effect. Oh, that's right. That was last week. We were like, dear God, seriously, what are we going to talk about? It was a strange 12-day period, but as anticipated, we forgot all about it once we got the new cards, and now we're just mad about Guff again, among other things. You know, people are just, people are, are playing a lot and then some people are mad about stuff and then keep playing a lot and other people are having a good time and are also playing a lot. Sounds like your competitive game. That's what yeah. you just described. That's what you just described. You know what I'm mad about besides I just mages, even though I, I think I'm like 50, 50 against mages right now, but when I lose against them, I get very mad. Um, you know what I'm mad about? And this is low key paladin kind of seems like it sucks. <laughs> It's day one. We'll figure it out. But we're here to have a conversation, and I'm going to let such phrases fly. Paladin seems like it kind of sucks. Hat, react to me. Uh, I'm going to be boring in terms of reactions, because maybe. It's, it, there are some... So, okay, we got a question about this later, but we can cover this now. Um, I'm just going to bring up this question right now from Torby Flanderson in our Discord, because I think it's a great question. Do you think that the decks that seem to be performing well, such as Imp Warlock, we'll talk about that, don't worry, are doing so because they are genuinely extremely strong, or because they were simply the easiest decks to figure out how to work, which I guess could be a question for any expansion. I think this is a great insight, Torby, because yes, this could be any expansion. The themed decks with clear inclusions that tend to be aggressive are often what you see in the first day. Often. Now, Imp Warlock probably extremely strong. Paladin, I think, is not as clear. There was one pure Paladin payoff card in the Countess, but the rest of the deck, it doesn't really feel like maybe it needs to be pure Paladin. Dude Paladin isn't really a deck. There's a couple cards here and there. 
I have seen some people doing reasonably well with Paladin, but it's not being experimented with as much for a bunch of reasons. Paladin, as far as a class goes, tends to be less popular among high MMR players because just the association of the class tends to be a little bit more like big numbers on curve. I don't necessarily think that's what Paladin's even about right now, uh, but that tends to be the perception, and so it sees a little bit less play higher up in the ranks, uh, especially early on. People often take longer to experiment with it. Holy Paladin, which I think will actually end up being pretty good right now, is a controlling reactive deck, and you can't really build a reactive deck the first day of the expansion because you have to know what you're reacting to, and we're not sure now because things are changing minute to minute. Um, but you can't just build the Paladin deck recipe and go on ladder and expect to farm people with it. It's going to take a little bit more time. I do think there's something there. I have played with some Paladin. Some people have tweeted good Paladin lists, uh, but it's not as obviously powerful or immediately impactful as, or flashy as some of the other things going on. I want to go back to Torby's question because I feel like we moved past it a little quickly. Uh, and yes. that like my answer about, so let's get to the specific question, which is Imp Warlock. Cause that is the deck I played the most. It's I fun. cracked almost, almost everything I needed for it naturally. And after this, I'm going to ask you about how your pack opening was. Let's not dive into that now. Cause then it's going to derail me from once again, answering Torby's question. Um, but like my, my quick answer is just, yes, I think just, yeah. yes, I think Imp Warlock is very obvious, but it wouldn't be doing so. It doesn't matter how obvious something is if it's not all so powerful. You're not going to win games. You, you kind of need you kind of need both for that day one power swing. You, people need to be able to figure it out. People need to know how to play it, and it needs to be powerful. It's got this like trifecta of things it needs to have, and Imp Warlock has all of that. It checks all those boxes. It's pretty clear. Uh, Hat, I think you were pretty concerned about the power and and synergy of a lot of the imp based cards that were that warlock was getting when we were doing previews for nathria uh and here it is and if you're you know a fan of aggregate websites it's like chilling on top of a lot of a lot of those right now um i am doing quite well with it myself and more importantly also just smiling it is a fun deck to play i really it is such a uh, it's such a strong argument for locations. I'm really enjoying locations, um, and it's it's very much for me. It's very much because of this deck. This is the deck where I'm I've had the most experience opening the doors to my library, I guess, and then attacking for a lot of, a lot of numbers. It's all it's yes, it's big, and so I will numbers. say, Imp Warlock. It's very clearly powerful. The cards that look powerful on paper are powerful. That is Impending Catastrophe, Vile Library, Imp King Rafam. They look good. They are good. However, we have had day one decks that are like, I can't believe this happened. What do we even do about this? I don't know how to beat it. Imp Warlock is not that deck. It's very, very good. But if you want to beat it, you can beat it. I don't even think it's the most popular deck today from what I've seen. Today seems to be Mage Day. Yesterday was Warlock Day. But uh, Imp Warlock, it's still powerful. And it's powerful in ways that are clear when you look at the cards without even playing with them. Because Vile Library doesn't cost very much mana for a lot of numbers. And Impending Catastrophe doesn't cost a lot of mana for a lot of cards. And on turn four, you will often play both of those together. And your opponent will say, I can't believe that this was allowed to be in the game. However, proactive deck... Day one, unrefined strategies, lack of targeting. I can say for sure there are ways to beat it, and it's we've had more oppressive things recently. 
I still expect you to get a little a little nudge. But I hope they don't destroy it, and it would be very easy to destroy it, because I think this isn't just one card that's a really crazy outlier. It's just the synergy of the deck. You've played it. Everything works together so well and is so pleasant to experience. I don't want that feeling to go away. I just want it to be a little slower. Yeah, man, it's it's that Joker quote from Dark Knight. It's, you know, I'm, I'm a man of simple tastes. I, I like Imp Swarm, Vile Library, Fiendish Circle, and Hat. Do you know what they all have in common? They're, They're cheap. cheap. What a great yeah. movie. Uh, one of the few movies I would say is perfect. It's right up there with Fury Road. Witness. Me. Yes, I do. I will. Um, so, yeah, but I do think, I think this is an excellent question because also I'm glad you brought up stats because what I want to do is not do that because it is a day and six hours in. You are looking at stats. You are looking at an incomplete picture in addition to the idea and the fact that it is August 3rd because the expansion came out on August 2nd, the season reset on August 1st, so there's no legend stats because nobody played on the first day. So it's, we got... I don't care about legend stats. I ain't legend. I, I, that's, my, that's my favorite Will Smith movie. I ain't legend. I am mm. a mere mortal, and I want to see what mere mortals are doing. For me, it's a big, entertaining number dump as the owner of an aggregate site for... Uh, a game that just got put on maintenance mode. When mm. I see the numbers of games that come into websites like HS Replay by comparison, it is truly mind blowing. The amount, the number of games of, of Hearthstone games just pour onto these aggregate statistics websites is insane. And so I do, I, I don't think you should hang a hat on these by any yeah. means, but I do think it's really entertaining to see what is finding a consistent foothold in the opening days of a new expansion. If we view it as entertainment, I'm right there with you. If we view it statistically as as a fact and something that we should talk about uh, balance changes because of the numbers in HSR today, don't do that. It's not time yet. The numbers aren't stable enough. But we're human. I, I look at the stats and I go, hmm, Paladin ain't looking too good. I played Paladin myself and anecdotally I went, hmm, Paladin... Definitely isn't looking too good. So, you know, it can it can lead you down paths. But yes, do I think you should go there, look at, uh, so HS3 play right now, Imp Warlock, Face Hunter, Beast Hunter, Control Murloc Shaman, Naga Priest, Quest Hunter. That makes up like the top six I just rattled off. Do I think you should look at those, take it as gospel, go craft all of the legendaries in those deck lists that you don't already have? Absolutely not. That way madness lies. Don't do that. See how it shakes out. Let the dust settle. And let your in-game dust settle. See, I thought that you were going for that pretty directly, and I'm glad that you landed there. It is worth noting as well, there are some things that statistical variation is not going to correct. Relic Demon Hunter's win rate in Diamond Through Legend, 32.8% in aggregate. 32.8%. If we assume... That is off by a staggering 10%. It is still the worst deck in standard by a large margin. So, if you want an idea of what's really not landing, you can go all the way to the bottom. Can be bad lists, but if you're at 32.8% as a global archetype, the list better be really, really good to save that. And I'm not sure I'm seeing that quite yet. But pretty early for stats, you can get a, a rough idea but I do think that it tends towards prepackaged synergies that are obvious that tend to be more proactive. That's what we see in the first day. 
and often these things will calm down a little bit, but also they always nerf about two weeks in. They always change things about, we should expect a nerf patch on August 16th because there's a Masters Tour on Friday, August 12th. So they're not going to patch before that because that would mean they patch like eight hours before decks are locked in. They're not going to do that. So it'll be Tuesday the 16th, which means we've got a couple weeks this. See what happens. See what stabilizes. They'll make their decisions. They'll lock it in, and then we'll have it beginning a couple weeks. I don't see or feel anything right now that is such a huge outlier that they need to move any faster. There's no two-mana deck of lunacy that we've seen yet. Nothing like that as an example. There's definitely no day one demon hunter. They don't have to necessarily move that fast here. Uh, but we should still expect to see some nudges on Tuesday the 16th. Dathria nudges? Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Okay. But you've well, been playing Imp Warlock. What else have you been playing? Really just that and Murloc Shaman. Okay. Uh, I had... So I only did one... I did a Mega Bundle. And that was it. I'm actually still sitting on a ton of gold. But I don't feel a great desire to burn it all in packs and just go... Because I'm also sitting on a lot of dust. And so I'm kind of like, I'm just going to see where the meta saddles and, you know, spend wisely and see if I want to burn a bunch of gold. So on and so forth. So I'm just kind of sitting because I had probably the most generous pack opening I've had in a very long time, considering I only opened one mega bundles worth of cards. How'd you do? I got eight legendaries, not counting the two that you get from the mega bundle as a guaranteed two golden legendaries. Eight? In 85? Eight. Eight in 85? Yes. Yes. Yes, you, you, that's, yes, that good. I good, yes. got my first ever double legendary pack. As far as I am, as far as I can remember, unless someone has an old episode of Angry Chicken and can clip me and remind me, I have never had a double legendary pack, and it was the first legendary I naturally opened. Um, well, legendaries. I cracked Imp King Rafam and Theotar in the same pack, and I think it was like pack number five or six when I was doing my opening. I was just like, "Holy shit!" And I don't share my openings anymore. And I'm like, man, no one here is see this. No, no one's going to believe me. I'll just have to talk about it on a podcast and immortalize it forever on the interwebs. Until I forget to renew my Squarespace account. And then the attack goes down and everyone panics. But yeah. Um, That's pretty good, man. So M. King Rafam, that, that sent me in a direction, obviously. Um, but yeah, I got eight. And then I also, I, I was excited cause I opened golden countess and I'm like paladin, here I come and uh, paladin here I went cause I, uh, went in and out that door real fast, but how was your pack openings? So I tend to, I buy both bundles and the tavern pass and also spend all of my gold, which I only spend on launch day. So I am, um, whaley whale ish like i don't buy bundles between expansions except for the mini set but whale adjacent orca i'm an orca whatever um so still a whale kind of it's we're not going to get into a biological etymology discussion here about our orcas whales but they're at least in the ballpark the whale park the sea world they're in the sea world um so not anymore actually but anyway we continue oh man there are so many rabbit holes here uh i so I buy large bundle, <laughs> small bundle, tavern pass, and then I save all of my gold until launch day, so I bought 110 packs with gold. So 296 total packs, including my class packs and standard packs that I save from tavern balls. Um, so I always get the whole set on day one. The question is just how efficient is that? This one was slightly less efficient than usual. Uh, legendary every 21-ish packs. 
plus the pre-orders, plus the Twitch Prime thing. So I had to craft three legendaries, but, you know, when you open 296 packs, you get a lot of dust. Um, so I got there. My most fortunate card back was Lightforged. It got me five card backs. Ramen got me two. Lemonade got me two. Only one each in the cake. Rise of Shadows, Skolomance, Pizza, and Windowpane. Yes, I do track this. Yes, I do. I guess that's why they call it Windowpane. It was... Because the, the pun I made on stream was because it was a painful opening to that point. But luckily, Lightforge saved me. Got me a really nice run uh, after I pity timer twice in the first half. But it's okay. We, we mostly caught up. Variance was much better in Voyage. I got more legendaries and fewer packs. But still, end up with the whole set in day one. Did my quest optimization thing where I don't play it all uh, the day before to make sure that I have three dailies and three weeklies on day one. I clear them all on day one to get to that level 20 free legendary right away. And I ended up with the whole set as soon as I hit that. Damn, dude. Sick. So, yeah. I haven't gamed it like that in a very long time. I play yeah, a lot. Point where I was just buying both bundles for the longest time, and then I had a lot of gold, and then the rewards track hit, and then I had even more gold than I ever had. And I don't, I don't worry about it too much nowadays. Or I forget entirely. By the way, thank you, everybody. I, I now know what it's like to be Billy Joe in September because I had multiple people tweeting at me. Hey, Garrett, did you remember to pre-order? Which I got a couple last time, but I got more this time. I was like, okay. Okay, I get it. Yeah, you've thank been you. um, reminded. So I'm yes glad that our community is so active in doing so, but you probably all don't need to. He gets, he gets it. Got it. Be good. <laughs> it's fine. It, yes. I found it very amusing. Yes. I mean, I'm amused right now. But yeah, I like uh, I like playing decks. I like playing all the decks. So my launch day stream, I always play every class. And so I played every class. And let me tell you, Hearthstone's a fun game. That's my conclusion. <laughs> all right. Be a, a human being for a moment. What deck is your favorite so far? So, I know this is going to shock you, but I did have a good time with Rogue. Oh. I did have a good time. You don't, I don't say. I don't know if it's my favorite. Did you favorite. check your posture while you were playing it? It's, it was very, it's, I was very scoliosis Rogue. It's really like, I leaned in <laughs> and I stabbed them with a turn 4, 13, 13, 13 out the graveyard and a 13, 3 dagger. It didn't all go that way. There were some games I had to wait till turn five. So, you know, we took the good with the bad. Um, but also, I have had a lot of fun. So Demon Hunter had one good game, but that class is not good right now. Neither archetype is there, and they need to figure something out because it's really not there unless you hit exactly dimensions on five. Um, let's see. Wild Seeds are rad. Super rad. Really like them. Super fun. Um, skeletons. We're going to talk about skeletons in a second. Uh, it's it's fun enough to play, but I, I, I'm going to ask you about your feelings on Mage in a little bit. Um, buff Priest. Pelagos. New location. Same Naga stuff. Partner in Crime. Really, really fun. Partner in Crime, it's the 2-5 that at the end of the turn, it makes a copy of itself. So you play that with a location or with Pelagos and like a Serpent Wig, and then it's just enormous and just you make 7-7s seven all day. Um, and Rage Warrior. Really fun. There is a combo I was told about today by a friend of ours. I was talking to Celestalon. Do you know the card Riot? It's a new card. Two mana warrior spell. 
all of your minions can't go below one health this turn. It's like Commanding Shout. And they also all attack random enemy minions. Here's this other card. Provoke. That makes all of the enemy minions attack one you choose on your side. So if you riot and then you provoke, then the zoo player concedes. I don't know the rules specifically about how that works, <laughs> but that's just how it seemed to happen. Okay. Okay. Celestalon is a is a villain, I, I see. It's you No, know, they talk about that in the Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. But, By the way, Scoliosis Academy is my favorite Hearthstone expansion. Just so you know. Just want to be clear. Yeah. That was all. It came out back in the day. So anyway. Um, but we do have to talk about Mage because I enjoyed playing it, but also realized that the experience may have been less enjoyable for my opponent. And I realized you were playing Zoo. And I would like your feelings. Because feelings are content and you have a lot of both. Oh, me? Yes, you. Against, against the, the mage. I, I, you know, like I said, as I play more, I, I win more against the mage, so I get a little less salty. The thing that really drove me nuts was the first couple that I ran into were doing shit. You, It's like not even new. They were still doing the skeleton mage, so that's new, right? But they were rocking gray sage parrot, and I was oh. just getting blizzarded over and over and over again. I was going to say that's not cool, but that's kind of objectively incorrect. But I know what you're saying. It, you're it's, it's, it is literally cool. It is figuratively uncool. How do they build their own Snowfall Guardian? That's, it's, what's with blue classes and mass freezes? We got to work on this. I yeah, yeah. So that's really my beef. And, and most of today I haven't seen. I don't know if they didn't find them. I also went and looked up like the, the most popular deck on the aggregate sites. And they're not running Gray Sage Parrot. So I don't know what the hell is going on. I think I just got unlucky. Um, it, was a, it was a big spell mage adaptation, right? Like it's, it is reasonable yeah. enough to be, because if you pair it with Deathborn, that could be kind of goofy. The idea is like you Deathborn and make a bunch of tutus, then you attack with them all, then you pair with the Deathborn again and you rebuy all of them and then your Kel'Thuzad is huge. It's ambitious, but I can see it. But it's still, that class is really good at freezing all of a sudden. The mage location, Nightcloak Sanctum, is incredible. It's very, very, very strong. That one, it's, uh, for those who don't remember, three mana, three durability. They buffed it before release. It used to be two durability. Uh, it freezes a minion target and makes a volatile skeleton, which is the 2-2 that pops and deals two damage. Being able to do that three times is really, really powerful, and the second and third activation doesn't take any mana, so you just know your thing is going to be frozen. Yeah, um, and and it just it irritates me. I'm 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 I've reached a point, and I, we've talked about this, so I don't want to belabor it. But I've I've reached that point where I just don't think freeze is fun, and I am mentally at war with freeze as a mechanic. Uh, I've I haven't enjoyed it since 2013. It's the first time I ever got frozen in the game of Hearthstone in the beta. So. Yeah, that's that's my thought there. My other my, my other thought with Mage is that I, I really freaking want to play it. Because it does look fun. I am missing quite a few cards from it. Want to see if it sticks around. I think it will. But I'm trying not to burn all my dust on day one. It is somewhat legendary intensive. There are quite a few lists. So a lot of the free legendaries are seeing play, the giveaways. But if you look in the decklist aggregator sites, they don't know how to differentiate those. So you see a lot of decklists that are like 19,000 dust right now. And it's even if it's only half of that, that's still a large number. 
Yes. Yeah. I didn't get a lot of mage cards. Also, I, I don't know, missing a few things from there because I, I don't play a lot of mage. Um, but yeah, so I have a love hate relationship with it. I'm, I'm mad at it, but I also kind of am experiencing FOMO cause it looks like a good time so that, you know, take, take that with the grain of salt. I just explained to you. I feel confident the people playing it are enjoying themselves because I played it and I enjoyed myself. Uh, how do you well, feel about freeze? How many times I talked about snowfall guarding this show? It's, I don't mind targeted freeze but repeated mass freeze or just repeated chain freeze in general however it works is like i like it when my cards do stuff and i don't like it when they just sit there and don't do stuff and i was against this poor zoo player i know that poor zoo player is not something that's going to fly that well today but i'm going to roll with it because like i just made a bunch of dinky tutus and then froze their board a bunch of times it's not that i killed their board I left it there and didn't let them do anything with it so they couldn't play more stuff and they just hit them for eight a turn for three turns and they died. So yeah, like that was my very first game with import my very first game out with import lock. It was against one of these mages that was running uh not the not the owl, the parrot. Um and I just got board locked and I was just sitting there being like, Does this deck have any spells that don't just buff my dudes or make more imps? Any at all. It does. It has one. It does three damage, but it also summons void walkers that you don't have room for because your board is frozen. Yeah. It's, um, I, I like a lot of the volatile skeleton stuff. Really like cold case. And I think the location is all right by itself, but it's never just by itself. It's with flurries or dawn grass minion or dawn grass hero for more flurries or even blizzards here and there. It's just repeated chain freezes are not really fun. I don't really like them, in especially the, when they come with damage. In the games, in the games where they did not find their chain freezes, and the only thing that was getting freezes off was the location. Those were really interesting games. Yeah, I almost wish that they had gotten powerful enough cone of cold style effects, like a positional based multi freezes, because now that we have locations, you can really screw with those. So I, I almost wish that was what was going on. Instead of just like throwing Blizzard or keeping Blizzard in your deck, um, because it would be with locations and now would be a lot more fun to play around then. Really think about your positioning. But they're either just doing a single freeze or they're freezing your whole damn board. Yeah. Well, it's even like Sanctum and Flurry is often three frozen minions for no mana. That should cost more than nothing. It should cost something. <laughs> because when it costs nothing, then I get annoyed. And when it costs something, then I don't get annoyed because it's it's not freeze it's mass freeze plus development at the same time it's when you can kill me and stop me from killing you with the same stuff or at the same time is when i get upset so i just want those to be a choice you get to do one or the other not both and they seem to be able to do both a lot and that's the thing that i'm a little annoyed by mage has declared both is good yeah they are a fan of that gif they have and they have really good defensive tools too uh solid alibi starting to pop up in more and more lists, which means that that's kind of a Frost Nova if you think about it, because it just, it freezes the attack of the minions instead. But if they're at 15... What is this again? Oh, that's the... the, the you can only, can take, only take one, one at, a at a time. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it when they finally missed a freeze and I could finally attack and then this bastard was and active. Then, and then they take seven and they go down to like 22 because they're a Renathal deck and then they don't care and... Yep. Yeah. So it's. I played so little standard last month that I had to remind myself why the frick everybody was sitting at 40 health. 
yeah, was that yeah. consistent. I was just yep. like, why, why is there a 40? What's the card that... Oh, right, Renathal. So I don't think that the deck is inherently problematic. I think it's... A, it's the core here is fun. Volatile Skeletons are rad. But the volume of freeze and the efficiency of the freeze is what I'd like to see toned down a little bit. So we can make it about the Skeletons. Because when you're fighting with the Skeletons in a board-based battle thing, like you said... It's interesting. It's cool. There's some hero power stuff going on there. You know, do some controlling magey stuff. All right, I'm about it. Chain freezes? I wish they were worse in this deck and in Shaman. I, you, what you were asking is you would like Team 5 to go over to the thermostat and bump it up just, a little bit. A little, just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Do, do what I never want anyone to do, which is bump up the thermostat. Gosh, I guess so. You don't know this problem because you live in the north, but here in Florida, every time I visit my parents, I am appalled at what their thermostat is set to. What is it set to? 78. Ugh. Yeah. That's not yeah. great. That's right. That's right. I'm out in you, mom and dad. I love you. I'll see you this weekend. I'm looking forward to it, but <laughs> y'all need to work on your thermostat. That is, that is yeah. unacceptable. See, here in New York, we have radiators and window units. But I can assure you that none of my window units are set to 78. <laughs> That's my favorite New York band. Radiators and window units. Yeah. Don't go see them in the summer or winter. But in the middle, it's fine. <laughs> what, actually, you know what? That, that sounds like an album title circa 2003. You found Lori's new album, <laughs> Radiators and Window Units. Yeah. Or it could be like a demo tape from The Strokes or something. Okay. Yep, yep. See, I was thinking um, of uh, a much forgotten band, Sugar Cult, because they had an album called Palm Trees and Power Lines. I know them from the Van Wilder soundtrack. Uh, They are the Van Wilder soundtrack. (laughs) I think they had like half their album in that movie. I digress. Still, it's very cool. Want to play it. May just end up crafting some stuff to go take out Skeleton Mage out on the town. Murloc Shaman is cool. I like that it's got some controlly elements, but I just fell so deeply in love with Imp Warlock, and I had finals due today, mm. that that's mostly all I have a developed opinion on. I like the other stuff. Yeah. Have you, so, hey, um, have you played the new Murloc Shaman? The, so, the Murloc Shaman that I've seen, I don't know if it's like a new, new one, because it's like the most of the Shaman decks I've seen you think about throwing in some Evolve cards or you throw in Denathrius and Call a Day or a couple different ways to go with it. I didn't find find any of the totem stuff to really land for me. Uh, so most of the fun that I had with Shaman was in various like Evolve adjacent shells, but also the uh, controlly value Murloc Shaman was still just fine. And... Really, it's I can tell you that at uh, at where I'm playing, that there is a total Denathrius meta forming. There is a lot of Denathrius going around, a lot of Druid, a lot of Shaman. So the thing that's becoming more popular, especially in the mid range of your decks, is Theotar, the the neutral uh, hand swappy guy, the Mad Sage. Yeah, four mana, three three, uh, battle cry, discover a card in each player's hand and swap them. Yes, uh, swapping Denathrius is game-ending and kind of necessary if you don't want to die to Denathrius, which Druid, that is how they, like, they can be decent without Denathrius with the Topi or stuff and just making three threes, but if you're able to keep up with that, they kill you with huge Denathrius, a huge Denathrius, whatever, um, and if they don't have that, then they have no way to beat you other than a bunch of three threes, so... 
Theotar is becoming much more popular, and so a value-based shaman can deal with the three threes and then yoink away the Denathrius. Though there's a lot of minigames going on where you will Theotar their Denathrius and then they will Theotar it right back. The shaman list I've been seeing also runs their own Denathrius, though. Correct. Yep. Yeah, it's... So it's just uh, an arms race. It's mutually it assured destruction. Something like that. Well, I, I think the goal is to not mutually assure it. I think the goal is, is to attack the assured part or the mutual part. Mm, okay. So, okay, mutually potential destruction. Yes. You want to make it one-sided cool. if you can. <laughs> but, you know, they steal and steal it back and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it's goofy. Wait, we'll see hold what on. happens. Wait, hold on a second. If you steal it, is it, does it come over with the infuse where it currently yes. is? Does it snapshot the infuse and keep that? So what happens? So what? Hold up. What happens if? So there's a there's a potential that you you could have your Denathrius that isn't particularly infused, but you steal their Denathrius that is quite infused, and then they go to counter steal, but they find the wrong Denathrius. Yeah, but as long as they have one druid, is fine. They do not care how big it is because they will make <laughs> it larger. Like like I said, buddy, wicked good got brand Denathrius, and the Denathrius was at forty three, so it dealt eighty six. If your Denathrius was only at 40, I'm sure it would have been fine. Sure, it would have been okay. It's because that deck has so many different ways to generate little things, uh, and they've moved away in many cases from the only split spell being Nourish. They run Flipper Friends now. A lot of lists run Composting. So you do like a Flipper Friends or a Scale of Anixia, and then you Composting it and draw like six to seven cards and infuse Denathrius six or seven times. It's it's a little bit different now, and so you can get that number up pretty high. Damn. All right, then. So do you, do you think they're coming for Denathrius? I don't know how you would nerf him. While and they're also, walking to the thermostat. It's true. I think uh, it's too early to tell. But I would say that if I were nerfing something in Druid, I wouldn't start with Denathrius. I would start with Druid stuff. Because there's probably some Druid stuff that you could make a little bit less Druidy. Um, and that would be enough. Scale of Nixia to 8, Nourish back to 6. I know that people are, if I don't mention Guff, we're going to get emails. I don't think that it needs to be changed, but that's going to get us emails too. Uh, but it's, you just make it <laughs> a little bit less consistent, a little bit slower, and that would probably be enough because it's all about the support structure. It's about surviving to the point where you can do this. Um, but I don't know what the Denathrius nerf would be. He's already 10 men and he already takes so much work. I don't know. I think it's it's too early to think about what specific nerfs would be because we don't even know what's good yet. That's but we fun, know though. we're annoyed by it. That's how all you, I know you're thinking about it. You, you're sitting there. You gotta you gotta quantify like yourself. It's, I know you like thinking. I so what I'm trying to avoid the reason that I'm spelling this out that I do it every time. I don't want people to lose a game and then make a salty tweet about the card they just lost to and say it needs to be changed because they didn't like losing. That's what I want to back away from if everybody's losing to the same thing. You're on a podcast that's going to go as long as it needs to. I think people are going to realize that you're a rational individual. So um, if you start making YouTube thumbnails that lead with uh, Denathrius is broken, delete this card or something like that, I will let you know that I think you've gone too far. I appreciate that. I promise that. you that. I promise you that. Thank you for the calibration. 
<laughs> so what about infuse as a whole? Like now that it's in the wild, you've had a, you know, you, you get to do theory crafting. So you have a little more experience with it than me on top of the fact that I am certain you've played more games than me since the expansion went live. But I'm also certain of that. Infuse is, I, I, I gotta admit, I, I didn't, I wasn't particularly hyped about infuse. There was something about it that I didn't think was going to be all that good, but I'm really impressed with it, and I like it as a mechanic. Both Infuse and Locations seemed a little fiddly at first blush, and we weren't sure why they worked the way they did, and they both seemed worse than we thought because of the fiddliness, and they both play really well, and the way they're designed makes decisions more interesting. The Location Cooldown, we've talked about it before, love it. Big complexity addition in a good way that makes me think about what I'm doing. Uh... Infuse cards, sometimes I'll keep Altimore in the opening of my Hunter deck with one drops because I want to infuse it. That's a cool, interesting, different decision that I get to make because of how infuse works, and sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. It makes games dynamically replayable and interesting. So, love that. I think a big part of it as well with both of them, but especially infuse, the animations are subtle but really, really nice. They make the cards more fun to play with, seeing the little red glow when infused the first time, then the big one when it transforms. It's really pleasant, but the cards are good, and they're interesting, and they make me think about how I want to use them. I I like both mechanics a lot. I think so far this year, in terms of, of set mechanics, we've had Colossal, Dredge, Infuse, and Locations. They're all fantastic. They're all really, really good. We did not have an Inspire this year. No. Which is not to say we did not literally have an Inspire. We didn't have a lackluster new mechanic this year. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, shall I, I don't want to literally eat a hat, but I'd like to figuratively eat a hat here, which is, I think I was a little harsh on locations. Mm -hmm. I thought they were needlessly obtuse and poorly explained. This is the very first time where I wholeheartedly agree when devs say, when, when you just play with it in game, you'll get it. Like, holy shit, does it just instantly click? Within the same game, I was, I, I was instantly used to the fact that it takes a whole extra turn before I can use it again. Because of the doors. The doors do so much work. The little animation of the half open door, you're like, okay, great. it's going to be open. It's going to be available next turn. When they're fully closed, you know, I got a minute. I got a minute before that door opens, but it does a lot of the work. So I, I think they're really, really well done. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. And, back, and one more thing back to Infuse. It is triggering a, a very specific pleasure center of my brain for the, for the first time that hasn't happened since I first tried Hearthstone all the way back in its beta, which is like, it feels like the first time I ever played a, a death rattle minion. I'm happy that my things are dying. <laughs> Yeah. Like like it's 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 such a it is so satisfying. The the way you make board-based strategies matter more is we've talked about this for a month now. Reward the player for trying even if their stuff dies. And in case you're wondering why chain freeze is so irritating, I can't use my stuff and it doesn't even die. Even when I want it to die, it, I don't get what I want. It just stays there. <laughs> Just goes in the fridge, and then I got to clean out the fridge later, and it's all moldy. It's terrible. It's a bunch of Ripley's on the table going, "Kill me!" But, but yeah, it's. But I really like, like you said, 
when you want your stuff to die, something has gone right. And yeah, like there are times where I have wished that my opponent trades so my Altimore fully infused and I can slam on seven so I have the board space and then I hit them with Margor, which is Demon Huffer. <laughs> that's what that's, that's the good. name. It's Margor. It's good. I like it. I like it. Well done. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> Any other decks you want to give a shout out or a damnation to before we move on? Nah. I'd like to give a shout out to all the priests who are trying to get fancy while I'm playing Imp Warlock. Thank you for the wins. Yes. It's Thief Priest. If you're Zetalot, it's good. If you're not Zetalot, it's not good. <laughs> and Zetalot, if you're listening, glad you like the show. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we do have a, a little bit of, uh, of of Battlegrounds business to get to, and then we'll uh, do some Q&A with you all and crack open a mailbag. But before we get to that, we have a sponsor to thank on today's episode, and it's Honey. That's right. Honey is back sponsoring today's episode. Do you, do you like to shop online? Do you, do you do it? I bet you probably shop online. If you're listening to an online-only piece of entertainment, you are probably internet literate, at least to a, a, an extent where you've purchased something online. Have you also purchased something online and seen the little promo code field? And you're just like, if I could just crack this code, I could pay less money than I need to pay. But then you waste all this time on your redacted search engine of choice trying to find codes that aren't working. Well, Honey fixes that. Honey makes manually searching for coupon codes obsolete. You don't need to do it. And it's free. It's a, it's a little add-on. You just install it onto your browser of choice. I have multiple browsers for when a website isn't working on one of them and Honey is installed on both, both of my browsers, on all of my machines. It's great. You're just shopping. It pops down. It's like, hey, we found some codes. Would you like me to try it? You hit yes, it puts in all the codes, it finds the best one and automatically applies it to your cart. It's really fantastic. I recently ordered a spare tire for my car because cars don't come with spare tires anymore. Spare tires are not cheap, as it would turn out. Uh, And they seem important. I believe you. I'm not a a fan of the fix a flat. So I I went to, uh, you know, my car parts website of choice, put it in my bin, Honey popped up. It was like, yo, we, I think it was like seven codes. It's like, we found seven coupon codes. I was like, go for it. Knock yourself out. Came back. It's like, hey, you want to save 12 bucks? I'm like, that means, yeah. Yeah, I would. Still expensive, but you know what? It's not as expensive as it needed, as it was before. So you should check them out and uh, go to joinhoney.com slash TAC. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. It's literally free installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting us here on the Anger Chicken. We wouldn't recommend something we don't use. So go get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash TAC. That's joinhoney.com slash TAC. We thank them for their support. And we thank Hearthstone for Battlegrounds. Let's talk about it. Have a good battle, friend. <laughs> I'm laughing because Crush in chat room says, I listen to this show on my wooden AM radio. Listen, if you need a deal on replacement transistor tubes, join Honey. 
joinhoney.com slash TAC. That will make the non or that will make the ad free version. But just so you know, lovely patrons, there was a, there was a joke in our ad read about being internet literate. I was going to edit it out. Podcast. Now I'm going to edit this joke. out too. No, don't edit. Leave this part in, but edit out the ad. That's what you do. Okay. Because now we've explained the joke to them. It's great. Okay, edit you, out the you know, if you really, if you want to be cheeky, you could bleep out the URL. That'd be hilarious. I'm gonna leave it in. Please leave edit this out whole this thing part in now. No, don't, don't leave it in. Every time you say edit it out, I'm gonna be like, no, leave it in. It's human and natural. It's beautiful, Hat. Don't don't be ashamed of the podcast that we are. I don't know what else to say. So battlegrounds. Grease spot was removed on the server side patch, and if you don't read things outside of the game, you may have been endlessly <laughs> refreshing at tier six, wondering where the shit your grease spot is. Slissa was tweeting about that. She had a bunch of people that came and it's like, I haven't found a grease spot all day today. It's like, well, um, funny story. Yeah. They removed it server side. John McIntyre, the Battlegrounds lead designer, who uh, who explains these sort of things on Twitter, explained this sort of thing on Twitter, which is a place where you'd be if you already knew this happened. But at least we have an explanation. We're going to share it with you listeners uh, about what he said. Um, so unfortunately, the dates for balance patches are locked in advance due to the amount of work they take to get them into the live environment. The options at the time were leave Greasebot as is and then nerf it in a few weeks or remove it server side without messaging and have it return with a nerf in a few weeks. We went with what we thought was the best option for the health of the game. We are working on improving messaging for BG changes in game so these changes don't catch players by surprise in the future. Okay. I mean, obviously it's not great that people were rolling for the best minion in the game that was no longer in the game. They obviously don't want that. We obviously don't want that. I do think this is probably better than leaving in a broken minion for three weeks. But still, anyone that was upset by this, that was looking for it and had no idea, or still doesn't know until they listen to this podcast, I don't blame them for being frustrated. So I I wasn't particularly mad because this is just kind of the way of things. I understand the the reality of the situation. Um, I would certainly like there to be messaging in game. That would be nice. uh, But clearly the Hearthstone team agrees with me. I have a very fun and mildly salty story to share with you, though. Hat that was brought upon because of this. So Greasebop got removed without warning. I was aware of it because I am active on social media and I follow you, really, at the end of the day. Follow mm, Ben Hearthstone, follow at Ridiculous Hat, and you will never wonder what the hell is going on in Hearthstone. Actually, scratch that. You still might because they update you so frequently that you you might miss a thing that was relevant to you 20 tweets earlier because it's been two minutes. Yes, Hat, I saw your average tweets. Saw your average tweets. That's, you are really doing Terrifying. the Lord's work when it comes to informing people about Hearthstone. And also saying a bunch of other stuff because not all those tweets are Hearthstone. <laughs> it's... Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. So anyway. Yeah. I was aware of this. So yesterday I was playing. I was playing myself a game of Battlegrounds. Had a really nice pirate comp, like a really nice one. And like you know, I had my my golden Liza. Everything was going great. Found a Baron. Found a Cadgar. I was rolling in gold because I had a nice comp. You know. Pirate comp. So I grabbed those, even though I didn't have scallywags yet. And so I'm sitting there. I think it was 
tier five late game. God knows what turn 12 or higher, 10 or higher. I don't know. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Not finding a scallywag. No one else I was in the lobby was going pirates. And I'm just thinking to myself, there was a legit minute where I thought to myself, did they remove scallywag and not tell me? <laughs> and it's entirely because of this whole debacle with grease pots. Uh, so I didn't think about the, the, I guess I'm going to call it like trust degradation in a way of the, did that's I a really extreme something? way to put it, but yes, I know exactly yeah, what you mean. Just the, 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 did I miss something feeling of, is it possible they change something and I'm just behind the times? Like, do I have to play BGs with the known issues tab open? And this was a pretty extreme example of a card that should not have been in there. And the last time this happened was Chroma Wing. And Chroma Wing, I think, was a little bit different because the only people that were going Chroma Wing when that was happening with Kuki were the people that saw this happening on social media. And then all the streamers and, and Twitter and whatever said, okay, it's finally gone, like two days later. Um, Respot was just a thing you took if you wanted to win games. You didn't have to know what to do with other than play Divine Shields. And it was in the game for a while, and it was clearly really, really powerful, and people just went looking for it because you didn't need to read social media to know that Greasebot was good. So, yeah, it was slightly different, but I do understand the what did I miss. Now, they are working on in-game messaging. In fact, we have live update from our Team 5 correspondent Celestalon in the chat in the near future will be able to put in-game messaging in the BG lobby. So, that's good. Now, we don't know when near is. Uh, I believe it's in the year Automata. It is. Uh, that's a great game. There was a whole saga around that recently, but that's not here nor there. I, uh, haven't, I haven't played it, but I have been playing through Final Fantasy XIV and have gotten a little bit of a YouTube following as a result. And the most requested game I play besides it from the people that like my Final Fantasy content is... Your automata. Great game. Strongly recommended. Uh, don't try and follow the storylines at the end. Just don't. Just don't. Cool. Yeah. Well, but this is so. This is soon TM soon. Which, but <laughs> Strum Celestion, they've put a lot of features in the game already. I trust that this will be there as soon as possible. And like, I don't think that we are waiting two years for a distant cancellation here. We're talking in the near future because this is a pretty obvious need. And I think the UI demands here are going to be somewhat light, whereas the real significant demands when there's big like UI and backend stuff that they have to do. They just need to put text in the lobby about anything that's going on. But when I say just, I mean, it's not easy, but at least the ask is straightforward in terms of what we're looking for at the end in terms of design needs. Well put. Well put. I just, I like literally laughed at myself alone for a hot second going, I, did they remove this card? So I just thought that was a fun story. I wanted to share with you. And uh, yes. now you want to, you want to, you want to answer some questions? Yeah. Let's hit the emails. And chat, feel free to at a move TV and we'll, we'll grab a few and add them in here. Keep an eye out for them. Let's get to it. Hello. Hello. It's me. Hello. Um, just quickly, do you get my message? Yep. Hello, brother. <laughs> you can send your emails to tacpodcast at gmail.com. If you're supporting us on Patreon, drop us a question in our Discord. We have a dedicated channel for questions for the show. Mouse Divided did just that. I'm laughing at a, a question in the chat. 
Um, a massivated asset. Any thoughts on the kale brand sire combo? It's kind of disgusting. I mean, we talked about this. Uh, it seems more like a, I think Druid is kind of the class that feels like it's, uh, like it's doing this the most, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is a long-term change to Nathrys if it still feels the same. Because I we don't want this being the thing happening for the entire expansion in standard where people just die from massive damage from hand. If they can stop this with a druid targeted nerf that isn't this, then they can then that's fine. Because they want Nathrius to be good for a little bit. But otherwise if it stays good, then it'll be changed. But a lot of lists are cutting Kael'thas. And some are even cutting Bran. Like if you're in Shaman, you just play your Nathrius, then you can Bolner uh Macaw if you want to. Um and in Druids, a lot of the Druids just playing Guff instead of Kael'thas. Um Denethria is just powerful by itself. Just a powerful card. Uh, and Bran kicks into overdrive. So I am curious to see how persistent this is in the format. And I am also curious to see if it needs any artificial adjustment or if it can be taken care of naturally through metaphors after the first wave balance changes. I haven't seen it successfully pulled off against me. Uh, and I didn't stick with Shaman long enough to pull it off myself. So, you know, there's, there's that. They're also one-ups, so you know, it's not going to be the most consistent combo in the world is kind of my, my thought there. I think I think the fact that we spent like a good 20 minutes talking about our personal feelings on Freeze and also the philosophy of Freeze is kind of my answer to this. Like, that's where my concern is. And then also, obviously, we have concerns about Denathrius, um, but they're they're more in the in the Druid direction. Yeah, though I think it's it's reasonable. The the I was talking to my buddy Tim, uh, and he was saying the reason that he dislikes the big Denathrius combos it feels like it makes the entire prior part of the game irrelevant. It's just over, and there's not necessarily much you can do about it. I do think we're going to see more Theotars, maybe more mutani, mutinuses, mutinies, um, mutani. Yeah, we're going to see more of those. Uh, Theotar is very intentionally included in this set. I bet we'll see more of him. And it's. I'm glad that there's some kind of disruption here for it, but if it becomes, did I get my neutral Elusia or no, then also I think that'll be a pretty good indicator they should just make the card a swing card, but not a game ender. And I hope that they can find a way to do that, if they need to do that. Fair. What does King Duplis have to say, Hap? This is a larger philosophical question from King Duplis. When it comes to nerf, do you think it's better to nerf the engine or the payoff? I know it depends is a big factor, but I still feel like that's a real question. Payoffs can be replaced, sometimes right away, others down the line, whereas engines are the backbones of a deck or a class. For example, the age-old druids, do you nerf the ramp or the draw, or however they win the game? Big question. Garrett, where do you land here? What is your first thought? I don't think I've ever really thought about it this way, uh, and it probably comes from now of having been on a show with you for over a year. Um, has really mm. morphed it to where I, I, I now ask the question, where can we make adjustments? Is the big- I am honored to be that influential. <laughs> yes, that is, that is where my brain goes now. When I start to think something should be nerfed, I start to think, how can it be nerfed? Um, I don't break it down into engine or payoff. I don't think I've ever thought about it this way. Um, cause, and, and we could, you know, rewind back to the conversation of me asking you, should they nerf Anathrius and you just going whole hog 
into Druid or solo, sorry, going whole guff into Druid. Mm. Uh, being like, no, let's look at the other pieces that allow Druid to really abuse Sire Denathrius. Let's not look at Sire Denathrius himself because that card is actually going to be rather difficult to adjust in power. And I think that's a really good example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. And in this particular case, I can actually give, I think, a pretty clear answer here. Do you want to make a deck unrecognizable or make it a little worse? Usually, you want to make it a little worse. And that usually means nudging survival tools. That's usually what that means. Make the deck worse at being alive. When you wanted to make Demon Hunter worse in his last expansion edition, nerfing Drek'thar, which was just gross, you made multi-strike worse. Made the deck just a little bit less efficient at clearing the board while it did stuff. Whenever you hit, when they nerfed Guardian Animals a couple years back, deck was still okay, but people played it a lot less because they died more. Right? You nerf the survival tools that allow them to do multiple things in turn, that allow them to remove and develop simultaneously. If you want a deck to be unrecognizable, that means the deck has been around probably for two expansions. If the deck has been around for two full expansions, and people are sick of it, and you want it to go away, that's when you nerf Dawn Grasp quest payoff from plus three spell damage to plus two spell damage, and you nerf Encanter Slow from two to four. You make it, like, that's when you hit the fundamental engine of the deck because you want the play rate to go down substantially. You dismantle it, or at least make it only recognizable for true fans that want to stick with it no matter how well they're doing. But you make everyone that's just sticking with it because they feel like they win more with it, you take it away from them, and then they do something else. So... Remember um, Baron's Secret Paladin? You played a lot of that deck. Nudge Sword of the Fallen down a little bit. Deck was still around. Had to nerf Crab Rider. First day of school from zero for two to one for three. Deck was still around. It still felt like Paladin. You built it a couple different ways. But it still felt like Paladin. Then finally, Hand of a Doll, dead. Conviction, two mana. And here's the mini set. And then Paladin was... Way worse. Because they didn't want it to be the story of the second half of the set. That's what you do when you want to make a change and make sure it lands. Usually you will find that if a deck has been good for six to eight months. Sometimes less if it's particularly toxic. What they did with Warrior, I think they actually over-nerfed that a little bit. But from the depths, Nelly had to go. I came up with one example from today. You came up with like seven examples from the whole history of the game and they're all great. Thank you. <laughs> We didn't get a uh, serious, uh, a single serious question uh, pertaining to Hearthstone from the chat. So, are we? Are you ready to get weird? Uh, I am always ready to get weird. Cool, because Celestia wants to know what our favorite colors are. Purple. That does not surprise me. It was green growing up. It is now green adjacent. I really like turquoise, aqua, teal. That is my jam now. It's nice. Big fan. Yeah. And then yeah. we have a question from Ocularis. Garrett, how do you get your hair to resemble a lion's mane? <laughs> uh, so I have naturally very wavy, like chunky, wavy hair. So the majority of this is kind of just what it does. The top, however, the front here, and particularly now that it's you know, receding a bit, requires extra attention because it likes to flip forward. So when I give it extra attention, it follows the direction of the rest of it, which is just kind of naturally in the direction of a lion's mane. 
I see that. Also, this is the longest my hair has been since it's a long time. Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. It was basic. It was barely to my shoulders, and we're talking, but we're talking like razor cut emo hair, not like naturally long. So, yeah, I'm right now. I am waffling on the edge of cutting it or going full hog and just saying, I'm just going to let it grow until I can't take it no more. I'm curious so, yeah. about where you land. Okay. I have a serious question, Garrett. I have a serious question. In poor lock is my Do answer. Do you think the pity timer needs to change for legendaries? Currently at 40, you get guaranteed legendary in 10 packs of a specific pack and then uh, maximum 40 packs before the next one. Do you think that needs to change, he says, as he finishes his whiskey? Let me just throw back. Let me finish the bourbon that I poured myself for this episode. We have a couple serious questions from chat as well, but I'm instigating. Yep, 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 yep. You would ask me this when I've had the best luck I've had in a very, very long time in pack openings. Yeah. You would ask me this. Um, So I would say if you ask me this literally any other expansion, my answer would be windmill slam yes for the love of God, yes make the rate at which we crack legendaries more consumer friendly or more pro-consumer. Overall, I think Hearthstone has become more, more pro-consumer. I really like the rewards track. Um, yeah. I play this game at the rate closer to that of, of mere mortals. I, I do not play like you play. Um, and I am drowning in gold. I'm just freaking drowning it. I don't know what to do with all the gold that I have because uh, I play more Battlegrounds than anything else too on top of that. So I have way more gold than I need for the amount of standard that I play. So in that way, I, I think Hearthstone has really, really become um, a lot more pro-consumer than it used to be. However, it could be better. And I think there's some room to really win some hearts and minds in the digital card game space right now because there are some angry people in other games. That would be striking while the iron is hot or striking while the irate is hot. I will point out one of those games. Um, we'll just say it. Marvel Snap fixed a lot of their econ issues in a pretty major way uh, in a gesture that I wasn't expecting. But this is not a Marvel Snap podcast. So, I, Well, I agree with you. However, it is still the, really the only thing that community is talking about. Uh, it's still pretty. It's still a pretty hot topic over there. Did you see the recent thing, though? The recent thing they did yesterday. I read it. I haven't played in a while, so it meant nothing to me. Yeah, the they introduced a loot box system, and it was a little misleading. Well, it was very misleading. I am aware of the. I'm very aware of the of the controversy. Yeah, but the listeners might not be. Okay, I think we talked about it two episodes ago. Yes, uh, but so yesterday, at the exact same time the expansion launched, they announced we're never doing one of those loot box events again. We're giving everybody back all the gold they spent on it. And we're giving everybody the card that we locked inside it. Okay. I understood it more than I thought. I kind of quickly yeah. read it and I'm like, well, I haven't played in like a month. So I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, no, but, that's, that's good. That's good. But still, you know, if you were to like come out with like a big win in another game right now, it would be good timing for the, the moral high ground is all. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's a marketing opportunity. Hearthstone is way better. Still not sure if it qualifies as good, but it is way, 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 way better than it used to be. Um, you know, I mean, I'm used to spending a bunch in this game, and also there are a lot of 
very nice listeners out there that give me money to play the game and talk about it. So most people don't have that circumstance. So my perspective is going to be a little bit different for most. Um, but even though you're right, the rewards track is amazing and you get so many free legendaries thrown at you and there's so many other ways to get free stuff, there's still definitely some opportunity to just be more competitive in the space and in the general gaming space where the pity timer, I think, is probably the clearest thing that what I'd like is actually a... I'd like a a slightly more complex system, whereas it's an average of two legendaries every 60 packs, where if you pity timer once, your next one will be 20 packs in. If you hit a 30, you can't go more than 30. The worst feeling is back-to-back pity timers. That is the worst feeling. When you get one in the first five packs... Then you're at 45 and 85, and then you're done. That is a terrible, terrible feeling. So if there was a way to, if I pity timer once, or if I get close to the end, how can I make the next one a little sweeter and just influence player perception? that They never hit a truly terrible run of bad packs. That's the change that I'd like to see. And again, I'm speaking as a person that gets every card in the set on day one of every set since Dark Moon Fair. Uh, no, earlier than that, since Ashes, maybe earlier than that, I don't know. Uh, every, every set, day one. Um, I think that it'd be, it would, the, the tweets that I see about collection, when people make conspiracy theory tweets, like, did they change the odds? Because they had such a bad opening where they get a legendary every 30, 40 packs, twice, and then they're out of stuff, and then they say, I'm not sure I want to spend more money. That's the thing I'd hit. I think that's good. And I agree with you. Because I have been there, and it sucks. Yep. I will point out, Crash and Chat is bringing up, they did recently reinstate the returning player quest. You can get that every four months now. We did mention that last episode. I want to bring it up again. Another way they're making the game more accessible. I'm going to game the system by only playing once every four months. But Hearthstone fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hearthstone fun. Hearthstone fun hat. Don't worry, hat. Hearthstone fun. Yes. All right. Don't we worry. got two more questions, then we'll wind down here. This one's for you. Cool. Crash asked in chat, which decks or classes do you think have the best chance of finding a good deck that's not in the meta yet? Well, I don't think a deck is going to find a deck, but I think a class is going to find a deck, Crash. Um, I would say... So, as usual, day one, Hunter appears from statistics that Hat doesn't like to look at to be doing well. But it seems to be kind of same old, same old Hunter. My gut answer is paladin because i never want to count paladin out and for like years now for like what like a three-year streak they have had at least two competitively viable or ladder viable decks at any given time at least two if not more um so i don't want to count them out Uh, i think they they will uh find a way much like life um but i'm kind of banking on hunter to find something successful that isn't based in things we already know, like face, beasts, or quests. I think that's a little more unique and Nathria-specific. Yeah. I I mean, wild seeds are kind of like... Hunter is... There have been some classes over time that you kind of get this bucket of like 60 cards and you pick whatever 30 you want and the deck is fine. And Hunter, I think, is in that area of like... Do you quest? Do you harpoon gun? Do you wild seed? Just like 
mix and match whatever you want, and it's probably fine. Um, and the wild seeds are really cool. But it seems that the general way to go with the wild seeds is to play four to six of those cards, not even run the legendary, and then kind of surround it with a bunch of other stuff. And Ultimate is in Fusey. Like, he's good. Hunter is just so consistent over what it's done over the past bunch of years that even the new stuff can be a little different. I do think the wild seeds stand out. Well, they they do, but almost by virtue of being surrounded by the same stuff I've been being yes. played against me by hunters for a really long time. Like, oh, yes, cool, sir. like Springpaw. Boy, I haven't seen Springpaw recently. So I don't know, a lot of the deck feels the same to me. I don't know. It's, 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 I don't know. I think everyone's different. Like to me, like Warlock feels really new because it's like suddenly it's like, oh, look at all these freaking imps. And I know some of them are old imps, but it's, it's such a different play style that it really feels cut from Nathria cloth. Well, it's, it's a zoo deck that's playable, which is new for this <laughs> decade. We haven't done this before without flush giants. So I do agree. That's fun. That's fun and different because we haven't done that for a while now. And when we did, it was dark layers and flesh giants, which like is, you know, it's warlocky, but it's not. We get to play flame imp, void walker and imp gang boss. Like I am here. I am here for these old cards because they were bad for a long time. And I got so sad when I tried to play them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hunter is Hunter is Hunter. I still I love the Wild Seeds, but yeah, the the surrounding shell here, Quest Hunter, Face Hunter, Beast Hunter are the three archetypes I see near the top. I think I would be hard pressed to look someone in a straight face and be like, "These are new archetypes." There are new cards in it, but they are new archetypes the same way. Paladin, I'm not sure if it's going to land on an archetype we haven't seen before. I do think that there will be a viable meta Paladin deck, but looking at the stats that I think are maybe questionably accurate right now, as I have noted earlier in the episode. And Rage Warrior is going to, I feel confident, Rage Warrior is going to have something. There's going to be a build out there that makes sense because the class stats look bad right now, but I know playing that deck there is something here. It's going to take a while to figure out. There's going to be a deck here. That is going to be a thing. I have just had too good of a time with it and killed too many people with it for it to be completely written off. Demon Hunter, probably writing it off until they buff it or until they nerf everything else around it. But Don't buff it. Don't buff it. I would be totally fine not seeing Demon Hunter for a while. Well, uh, you're getting your wish for at least the next couple of weeks. Cool. Let's keep it that way. Both Relic Demon Hunter and Agro DH are under 40% win rate. Team 5, we've got a good thing going right here. Let's not mess it up. Let's go. Keep Demon Hunter in the gutter. Please and thank you. Uh, what does PH Pope ask? PH Pope asks our last question of this wonderful interactive episode. It's fun and interactive to Q&A here. Would you like to see another Doom in the Tomb style event? And if so, which cards from Wild would you like to see brought back into standard for a short time? Okay. Not I have two as... Okay, sorry, go ahead. I have two answers. One, the way they did it last time, I'm all set. No thanks. Just, you either run the risk of breaking something or they're irrelevant. Very few cards were just like, this is cool and not broken, and it's just fun to have back. There might have been one or two, I forget. Um, but, like, there were just a lot of toxic things that were going on, and the things that were irrelevant made me sad. Sylvanas was back in standard for two months, and nobody bothered with her because she was bad. It was miserable. Like, just, it, 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 no. But the real answer is, we had a month-long event in Voyage. It was called the single-card release of Prince Renathal. And it was the perfect way to invigorate a metagame. 
with a single card. I, I like the concept. <laughs> I like the concept of the doom in the tomb. Um, I don't think it would feel as special just because of bringing back cards from wild for the, for the basic set now, which wasn't happening back when doom in the tomb went down. That's, that's a big difference for me. Yeah. Um, on top of the major concerns that, that you brought up and, and, and like, I don't think we need that large of an upset anymore too, because of how frequently the game gets updated. The yeah. game isn't as stale for as long now as it was back when doom and the tomb went down. We kind of needed it, even though once it got here, we were like, Oh God, kill it with fire. A version of that event would have been okay, but it was two solid months. And looking back at it, we understand why. So I want to go down one level deeper. I want to challenge you a bit there and go, do, do you though? Like, do you want one that's like mid, middle power? Do you really want a Doom in the Tomb style event that where the cards have middling impact? Where, yes, you include them, but they're just kind of like your deck's cannon fodder. Because like to me, that also wouldn't, even if they got played, but they weren't meta-defining, it wouldn't feel like that much of an event. I think you do kind of need... If, if you bring cards back from a while, I think you do need them to have a, a notable impact for it to feel like the event did something like it had an event, uh, like an impact. So that I think calls into question the whole thing with an event like doom in the tomb, because then it would take away from the last set that came out or the mini set that had just released. Also mini sets weren't coming out at that time either. Yeah. There's just, there's so much happening in standard hearthstone now. Yep. You are 100% right, and also the argument you're making is a good one because it's also the argument that they made against buffs for a long time because here's the really, really difficult part about buffing cards and even more so bringing cards back. If you miss high, you look like an idiot and piss everybody off, and if you miss low, you look like an idiot and piss everybody off because... (laughs) I changed stuff and didn't even do anything. We get the same old meta. These devs know what they're doing. Or this is so obviously broken. How could they have seen this? Did the devs even know what they're doing? By the way, neither of those are true. Buffing cards is hard. Nerfing is easy. You know the thing that's too good. You have the numbers on what's currently happening. So you make that thing a little bit worse. But knowing that something is a little bit not good enough, you don't know why. And you don't know how the ripples in the pond are going to spread. And you make it one mana better. It's a huge change. And you could end up breaking things which they have done in the past and had to revert it. So there are ways to do buffs that are non-destructive, and we've seen a few of those, and now that we're used to it as part of the normal cadence, it happens a couple times in expansion, it's uh, it's not quite as devastating when something misses a little low, and something misses high, they can reel it back if they need to. But bringing back new cards from Wild, they're not even the new stuff. Like you said, it takes away from the current cards and just says, oh, either this didn't make an impact, so what was the point, or this was hugely impactful for a temporary amount of time, then it's gone. Why bother ruining this standard with cards that don't even belong in it? So I think that your point makes a lot of sense. With the monthly changes and the mini set stuff, we already talked about in the middle of Voyage, over a six-week period, they changed almost 70 cards. I don't need more cards to be changed in the middle of the expansion or just show up and just, like, crash the party and then and then wreck my bathroom and then dip. I don't need that. What are people doing in your bathroom when they crash your party? It, it was a bad experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to uh, bring this podcast to an end here. 
Thanks for your questions, everybody. Keep them coming. TACpodcast at gmail.com. We are supported by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash TAC. Huge thanks to our Patreon producer, Dustin C. Thanks, Dustin. We appreciate you. You can follow the show on Twitter at TAC Podcast or find the back catalog of episodes at theangrychicken.com. We're typically live Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash TV, but that wasn't the case this week because Naturally came out yesterday and we didn't really want to do an episode without it, you know, playing on launch day. And do we know when we're recording next week? Because we're also not recording on Monday next week. I think it is currently Wednesday. I think the plan is Wednesday. Cool. Cool. We so haven't we'll formalized that, but I think that's the plan. Yeah, J- Joss is coming up from travels. Oh, you have a thing on Monday, actually. Is I think the reason, I do. right? That's it. Yes. yes. So we're, we're flexing to Wednesday. So come join us next Wednesday night. At where can folks find you? You can find me here next Wednesday night, but also in between now and then, uh, you can find me on twitter.com slash ridiculous hat where I make a staggering amount of tweets per month, and you can read them if you want to. Um, also, I talk on a bunch of podcasts. Uh, this is one of them. There are two other Hearthstone podcasts, Coin Conceit, where we make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you over at coinconceit.com. And also, uh, Vicious Syndicate, we take a data-driven look at the standard metagame over at viciousyndicate.com. Garrett, where can people find you? I would really, 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 really appreciate it if you went and subscribed to my new podcast. I have a new podcast. Have I told you that I have a new podcast? Do you follow any of my old podcast feeds where I feed-dropped my new podcast? I have a new podcast. It's called... The Grinding Gear Podcast. You can find it wherever podcasts can be found. If you're already subscribed to the Into the Nexus feed, you're already subscribed to the Grinding Gear Podcast. If you haven't checked on that feed because you're like, I don't play Heroes of the Storm, but I like supporting Gear, so I'm still subscribed. It's not about Heroes of the Storm anymore. Heroes of the Storm is dead. Long live Heroes of the Storm. I am now talking about everything I've ever wanted to talk about gaming and nerd culture related on the Grinding Gear Podcast podcast on this past podcast i tried and successfully i think to sell kyle ferguson on playing wrath of the lich king classic with me that's what we opened the show with so if you want to see me successfully convince someone to play wrath of the lich king classic with me you should go listen to the grinding gear podcast we uh, also talked about we talked about so much on the last episode we talked about that kyle is just now playing through god of war 2018 for the first time ever and he is a raging god of war fan don't ask me how he missed it. That's in the podcast. Go listen to that. We talked about the next phase of MCU movies. We talked about, of course, Kyle's a big D and D nerd, that trailer for the Dungeons and Dragons movie. We talked about all of that in the first episode on top of answering your questions. So go get the grinding gear podcast, wherever podcasts can be found. And yes, I even submitted this to Stitcher, but please don't get it on Stitcher. I was wondering if that blood feud was still going. Glad to hear that. It's still, (laughs) you know, I gave, I gave in, but I'll still tell you it's the worst podcast app you could ever use. It's there. They're making money that they're not sharing with me, but it's there. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Of Where the can we find Joss? Oh, at Joss Plays on the Gamers End. Uh, and you can't right now. She's on vacation. You can't find Joss, Pla- Joss Plays. She's hiding. It's finally warm enough to go places in Canada, I hear. I mean, it's August. It's been... I think it's been that way for a little bit. Probably uh, we're getting to the point where it's almost not warm enough anymore, which is why she's going. I don't know. I, one of my, uh, two of my favorite car channels on YouTube are based out of Toronto, and they've only recently been able to do track day content. So my opinion of Canada is pretty warped in terms of how long it stays cold. Anyways, let's go do it. Thank you, everybody. Until next time, job's done. Job's done.
Job's done. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.